You are listening to a Bible-based message from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. Go to riverrockchurch.com for more information and resources. Now here is today's encouraging message from Pastor Chris Tyen. So that's one of the great things that we look forward to is Jesus returning. Jesus ascended into heaven and said that He would return the same way. That someday, Jesus is going to come back. If you spend any time reading the New Testament, you see that it is God's plan that Jesus comes back and we live eternally with Him. There's two ways to get there. Either He comes back while we're alive or we die and then we go into His presence and we spend eternity with Him. But this whole idea of our life being temporary is so hard to grasp sometimes when life is difficult. Sometimes we just grow so weary. Sometimes we grow weary of waiting. Sometimes life isn't what we hoped it would be or uh, our investments or our kids or our parents or our work or whatever just didn't turn out the way we hoped and it just brings us sadness. Sometimes we just look around and it's like, man, I'm just so tired of everything. And we grow weary and we grow impatient. And sometimes in the church, we serve and we grow weary and tired or we try to help people. We, in good Christian love and benevolence, try to help people and then they don't even seem to be appreciative or our help doesn't go very far. We find that they're just wanting to take more and more, but they're not necessarily wanting to get the help that... Uh, they need or make life changes or whatever, or we invest our lives into somebody and then they go off and just you know turn their back on us or talk. You know, all of these different things make us weary, make us sad, make us make everything about life hard, and it makes us want Jesus to return now. Some of us really are excited for Jesus to return, and each day we're like, okay, if God gives me the breath of life today, I want to accomplish these things. I want to serve Him in this way. I want to prioritize this, and I want to. I want him to be proud and pleased with me. Say, well done, good and faithful servant. Use my life on earth for eternal good. And we are so impatient for Jesus to return. However, some of you are so comfortable in this life. Your job is good. You love your car. Your house is comfortable. Everything about your life is so wonderful. You're like, Jesus, don't come now. We can wait. Everything about my life is so perfect and comfortable. I wouldn't want you to interrupt it now. And often we're not on mission. Often we're not serving the Lord like we're supposed to be. We've just been lulled, tempted, trapped in comfort. And we won't move out of that. We won't try to make disciples. We won't try to share our faith. We won't try to mess anything up because everything about life is just so comfortable. And you are not excited for Jesus to return uh, because you don't want your comfy life to be interrupted. Hopefully that's not you. Hopefully you see your life with eternal value But let's look at what James has to say about patience and persevering. James 5.7 talks about waiting expectantly. Waiting expectantly. Now, it's been 2,000 years that Jesus has been away. And this is Jesus' half-brother writing. So, James. Actually, Jude is also Jesus' half-brother. And when we're done with James, we'll look at Jude before the end of the year. But So, here are people that... Two guys that spent time with Jesus, knew a lot about Jesus, and eventually were helping to lead the church. And so James is writing to the church at large. People that had difficulties, people that were oppressed by rich people, people that had all of these difficulties, these trials, these temptations. And he writes, dear brothers and sisters. So before before this, he was warning rich people, unsaved rich people, beware, your riches aren't going to get you where you think. 
And now he's saying, brothers and sisters, he's writing to the church, dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. You too must be patient. Take courage, for the coming of the Lord is near. So these farmers in that arid land would plant their seed in the fall, and then they would then hope for rain, and that the rain would get the seed to germinate. And then as the spring came along, there would be rains again. And I've seen pictures, actually, of this barren wilderness that gets rained upon, and all of a sudden, all this stuff starts to bloom and turn green. And it's just this quick process um, where there really are reliance upon the Lord to bring them rain so that their crop comes in. Our growing thing is a little different. I mean, here we plant in the spring, and usually it rains and rains and rains and rains, and hopefully it's dry enough for people to get their corn and their beans and their stuff out. Sometimes it rains so much that the corn around here gets moldy and blight and all these difficult things. They needed to be patient, but they didn't just plant their stuff and walk away. Now, I knew some farmers down in Iowa that did plant their stuff, and after their stuff was all planted and good to go, they'd always take a fishing trip up to Canada. So they'd get a, plan, get a private plane, and they'd go up to Canada and go fishing. And I learned a valuable lesson from these farmers that uh, always scares me. If I ever go fishing, I always like to wear a hat and sunglasses because of this. When they took one of the, they, the farmers went up to this remote part in Canada, uh, dropped off by a plane. The plane wasn't coming back for, you know, almost a week. And one of the guys got a hook in the eye and there wasn't anything they could do except try to make him comfortable while they waited for the rest of the week for the plane to come back. But so they did take a break because all their stuff was planted, they took a break, and then they'd come back and deal with the weeds. These people, like us, we should constantly be thinking about the crop, about, about the harvest, about the, Jesus returning. We should fill our days with good things. We shouldn't just say, well, you know, I'm just going to sit on my hands and wait for Jesus to come back because He'll fix everything. We should be sharing our faith. We should be growing in our faith. We should be serving the Lord. We should be doing everything that we can to grow in Christ and to pull weeds, any weeds that are around, to uh, fight off temptation, to resist sin, to get victory over those things in our lives and help others get victory, the things that pull us down, pull us away from God. And we should keep our eye on the prize that Jesus is going to return. And if we are really in God's Word through uh, the renewing of our mind, God's Word in our minds, uh, in our hearts, our thoughts our expectations will be transformed. The more time you spend in God's Word, the more it is ready to flow out of you. So if you're always filling yourself with God's Word, you can expect that it will flow out of you and help you to make right choices, right decisions, and everything else. We should be thinking about when Jesus returns. And we should think, okay, what, about my, what if Jesus returned today? Is my neighbor ready to meet Jesus? Are my kids ready to meet Jesus? Is my boss ready to meet Jesus? What could I do to help them to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, what can I do to help them be ready if Christ were to return today? And Christ could return at any time. So He is being patient so that more people can get saved. I mean, the longer He waits, the more people are populating heaven for eternity. I mean, there's people that maybe are going to be born today that, or maybe your grandkids are going to be born and they're going to get saved and they're going to spend eternity with you. And if Jesus had come back last year, you wouldn't have that opportunity. So we should be patient and just trust in God's timing. But Matthew 16, 27 says, The Son of Man is going to come in His Father's glory with His angels, and then He will reward each person according to what He has done. So what have you done? 
What are you doing? How are you serving? How are you filling your time? If I were to look at your calendar, someone were to look at your calendar, would we see Jesus getting the priority, priority service? Now, it is so easy for time to just disappear, for your days to, to, for your week to just disappear, and for you to look back and say, well, I had every intention of serving Jesus or growing in God's Word, but it just got all taken away. I, I don't know where the time went. It just went so quick. So if you have a daily Bible reading plan, if you have a schedule, if you have goals and a list. Um, When I got out of high school, I went to Bible college for a year. Then I kind of rebelled against God for six months. And then I repented, came back to the Lord, prayed for a wife, and he blessed me with this girl that came and bought my parents' car. And we've been married for over 30 years, and it's been great and everything. But eventually, I felt that God was still calling me to full-time ministry, so I was working full-time and a dad and helping out in the church, and I was also taking courses from Crown and from Moody Bible Institute, and so I was trying to make it all happen and trying to figure out how to make, how do I do this? So how do I structure my time? So I got really good at time management, and I had like in a, little, a little Excel chart, and I'd take each class, and I'd say, okay, I'm supposed to read this and write this paper, and I'd set goals to make it happen. And so I would spend time like at night or early in the morning trying to, trying to get the stuff done. I remember one time my wife, she's like, I'm going to mow the lawn for you so that you can spend that lawn mowing time with me. And so, because it just had a, you know, structured schedule to make it happen. And when we go through life that way, it doesn't mean that every moment needs to be full of activity because you need to rest too. But to pray about it, commit your plans to the Lord, and then come up with some goals that you have, some, some tasks that you want to accomplish, some things that you want to learn, some areas that you want to grow in. And you might not even get them all accomplished, but you should wake up in the morning and say, I'm about serving Jesus and Jesus wants me to do this or to learn this or to grow in this way. And know that as you do that, as you spend your life in that way, that that is reward worthy. There's crowns, there's recognition, there are Hopefully people that you will impact and hopefully there'll be a, like a crowd of people that you led to Christ, influenced to follow Jesus. What a great thing. Jesus is going to come back and there's going to be a time when He evaluates what you did in this life as a Christ follower. If you've never re- received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, Jesus' first sermon, His first message was we need to repent. We need to realize that we are sinful and that we, are, we have our face turned away from God and we need to turn our face towards God and Ask Him to forgive us of our sin. Come into our life to save us. Uh, A prayer doesn't save you, but a prayer is a great way to ask Jesus into your life. And I prayed something like, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. Please come into my life and save me and make me the person You created me to be. I want to follow after You. And then I did pursue Jesus and try to follow after Him. And then you receive the Holy Spirit and that definitely helps you. Uh, Assurance of heaven. Um, all of these things. We can help you grow in Christ. Those new believers, New Testaments help you grow in Christ. But that whole idea of my life is temporary. God put me here for a reason. I'm supposed to be doing stuff. So therefore, if we're impatient because of the difficulty, if we're we're saying, Jesus, please return because I just can't take it anymore. I mean, just think about our brothers and sisters in China, our brothers and sisters in other parts of the world in the world that are being persecuted. I mean, There are video cameras in the school, but I'm pretty sure they're not watching you to see if you came to church so the government can contact you and ask you why you're going to church. I don't think they're going to do that, at least not yet. So we have a freedom to worship, a freedom to serve, a freedom to live for Jesus at this time. And other people who are being persecuted, you know they're crying out for Jesus to return. 
Life is hard and life is difficult. But if we fill our time, if we fill our schedule, we fill our goals with good things so that we are using the time wisely, then it is much easier to endure and much easier to say, Jesus, I want you to return. And while I'm waiting, I'm going to do this. Jesus, I want you to return. And while I'm waiting, help me to do this and accomplish that and do these things. So pray about that. And I hope that every one of you would have plans, goals, aspirations. Uh, That Right Now Media service we have has tons of training opportunities. Uh, You won't get a degree or a certificate, but you'll learn valuable stuff if you plug into some of that. And if you're wanting to, if you're wanting help on a certain subject, I might be able to help you. Or you can go out to Crown College, which is a half hour north of here. Uh, They have online classes or on-campus classes, and you can can grow in that way. Or the Christian and Missionary Alliance actually has a in-ministry training plan for people that want to get into ministry that uh, another pastor down the road was part of. And uh, there's many ways to learn and to grow and to serve. And whatever your career is, there's still a great opportunity for you to serve Jesus as you are in that field as an ambassador and a missionary. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. So we're going to stand before Christ and He's going to review what we did and then there will be a reward for that or we might be disappointed. But the Bible actually has a lot to say about that. But just that whole idea that someday... You ever get a review? You get a review at work, maybe a yearly review, and um, I'm not sure how your review works. Um, the last review I had in the company was a review by my peers. So basically, I would write how I thought I was doing, and they would write how they thought I was doing, and give you a score and everything. And then uh, I was asked, what are you going to do for us in the coming year? And then I'd write down a bunch of stuff, and I'd give it to them, and the manager would look at it and go, Wow, really? All right, go for it. Here's your raise and everything. I was self-motivated. I was trusted to make things happen, and God blessed. And what a great way to be. I mean, who wouldn't want to hire an employee like that? To have somebody that wants to do everything possible to help the company succeed and to work as unto the Lord and to be honest and have integrity. And everybody wants that. So be that, and you will be a blessing to those people that you are around. Second Peter 3.8 Do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. So there's going to be a transition. There's going to be a time when Jesus comes back and makes everything right. And for us to... Say, you know, it's been 2,000 years, he's never coming. And to grow impatient and say, oh, I can't believe it because it's been so long, I'm just going to give up my faith would be ridiculous. Instead, just trust the eternal God has a plan and you're part of it. Just wait your time. Uh, Eventually, if he doesn't come back in your lifetime, eventually he's going to come back. But either way, if you serve Christ, if you're in Christ, you will spend eternity with him and uh, be able to watch some of this unfold. And we all look at it, it's a mystery. Uh, When it comes to eschatology, it's really hard to tell exactly what's going to happen. But we'll be able to look back and say, oh, that's how that happened. I didn't see that coming, or I guessed that one. So somebody would be like, oh, I guessed the Antichrist, and I was right. So anyway, don't forget, God's timing is different. God's timing is eternal. God is patient with us. Would you agree that God is patient with you? How many times do you 
fallen into sin or difficulty or strayed away from God and God keeps calling you back. When I made a commitment to listen to only Christian music, I didn't really want to do it, but I was like, was I like in 10th grade or whatever? My dad and stepmom were in literal rock bands, and so it would be really weird for me to listen to Christian music. But I had given my heart to Christ and um, my life to Christ, and so I was praying about it. And when I'd listen to Christian music or the Christian radio station, things would go well for me. And when I didn't, it didn't seem like they would go very well. It was like a science experiment because I did not like the Christian music because it was really boring. Actually, Christian music now is a lot better than it was a long, long time ago. But anyway, so God used that to disciple me, and since that's just a habit in my life now, so many times when I'm disappointed or straying away from God or uh, not on fire for the Lord, there'll be like some song to pull me back or something in the words. I'm just in a habit of being tuned in to Christian music. Uh, so often God, the Holy Spirit, uses that to pull me back. So set yourself up in that way where you're, you're always got something around you to draw, to draw you back to the Lord because you're in the habit of listening to Christian music or you're in the habit of spending time in God's Word. Uh, open up those avenues and God will work through that. It be in a habit of spending your life with others in a small group, uh, in a Bible study. It is a good thing. 1 Corinthians 15.58 Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm, let nothing move you, always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. You know, sometimes it's really hard when you're serving the Lord to see if you're really making a difference. I mean, if you're working with junior hires, you know, a lot of times you're like, am I even making a difference? Do they even hear anything that I say? But Often they do. Uh, sometimes I hear uh, like kids that um, as they grow older, they'll talk about their faith walk in Christ and how they first heard about Jesus and everything, and they'll point back to, oh, back in fourth grade or you know, adventure club or uh, youth group or all these different things will, will come out. And oh, the retreat that you took them to or the training you took them to or whatever. And so they don't always make the right decisions. I mean, there's a lot of times when... Uh, Especially teenagers will be like on fire for God and then they're not. They'll make really right choices and they'll fall into temptation and they won't and they'll be like prodigals and then they'll come back and it's like a roller coaster. You know, your life might be like a Christian roller coaster too. On fire, not on fire. Serving Jesus, not serving Jesus. Faithful, not faithful. Resisting temptation, giving into temptation. Maybe that's you too, but the Lord is patient. And so we need to be patient with those people that we are trying to serve. Number two, relate gracefully. Don't grumble about each other, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. For look, the judge is standing at the door. For examples of patience and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, look at the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. So we are not supposed to grumble. We are not supposed to be complaining all the time. There are times when we'll be serving together and we'll, be, we'll get upset. Some of, we'll be unhappy about something. We, things won't go our way. Life will be difficult. We'll complain. We'll grumble. We'll be sad. And it just doesn't work well. Uh, Galatians 5.22 The Holy Spirit will help you to be patient. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. So part of the fruit of the Spirit is patience. So the Holy Spirit can help you to be patient. Philippians 2.14 says, Do everything without complaining or arguing. And in Numbers 21, Israelites were following Moses. And they were unhappy with what Moses was doing. I mean, God rescued them from slavery in Egypt. And so, Numbers 21, they traveled from Mount Hor among the along the route to the Red Sea to go around Edom. But the people grew impatient on the way. They spoke against God and against Moses and said, Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the desert? There is no bread. There is no water. And we detest this miserable food. 
And the Lord sent venomous snakes among them, and they bit the people, and many Israelites died, and then Moses made a snake, uh, brought snakes so that he could lift it up, and they could look upon it so that they would not die. But just this whole idea of that God is so mad that he's going to kill some of these people because they don't stop grumbling. It's like, okay, I give you water, I give you manna, um, follow the plan, follow the leader, quit complaining, quit whining, it makes me angry. You can read more about that in Numbers chapter 21. Don't be that. First Thessalonians 5.14 says, We urge you, brothers, warn those who are idle, encourage the timid, help the weak, be patient with everyone. And we all know people like that, uh, that we need to be encouraging, that we need to be patient, that we can't expect everybody's going to run at the same speed we do. We can't expect that everybody's at the same place we are. Some people have like disabilities that you have to figure out. It's like, oh, I know you can't read your Bible like that because you have a reading issue. You have, a dis- you have like a learning disability and let's help you with that. Let's get you an auto- audio Bible. Let's help you to uh, find a Bible that works for you. But to be patient, to help the timid, encourage the timid, be an example to the timid, help them to see how they can have a courageous faith by seeing your courageous faith. So number three, persevere faithfully. So persevere faithfully. We give great honor to those who endure under suffering. For instance, you know about Job, a man of great endurance. You can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end, for the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. Job is one of the oldest books in the Bible. Job was basically uh, set to be an example. Satan is like, God, I bet if you do this to Job, he's not going to worship you and serve you like this because you've made his life so comfortable. And God's like, well, all right, let's, you're on. Let's, let's, let's see what happens here. So Job's friends were telling him all this garbage. You know, we've got the red letter Bible, words of Jesus. Uh, sometimes I think that we should have a different color for Job's friends that say things that aren't worthwhile in Job. So be careful when you're reading the book of Job because some of his friends are saying some things that aren't so very good. Uh, Maybe we could have the brown letter Bible that says, well, that's what one of, Job, one of Job's friends says that. And if you keep reading, God's like, that's not true at all. But Job went through all this stuff. It was so bad. He had this disease, these sores. Everything about his life was terrible. He lost his kids. He lost everything. And his wife is like, Job, just give up. Curse God and die. Even his wife isn't being very helpful. But he was faithful. He continued on. He didn't understand what was going on. But he continued to persevere. And then eventually... God gave him more than all that stuff back. And so, persevere faithfully like Job. Or look in Hebrews 11 at all of those people in the Heroes of the Faith chapter that persevered. Job 42.10, after Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord made him prosperous again and gave him twice as much as he had before. And we can know that if we are in a time of lack now that God can provide so much more in the future, we should trust him. Romans 5, 3-4 says, Not only so, but we rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. Some of the hard things that you go through or have gone through make you who you are today. You are able to take on challenges and have great hope and, and do things uh, that you wouldn't have been able to do if you hadn't gone through that hard thing. You're able to help people with compassion and love if you hadn't gone through that hard thing. So know that your suffering, your difficulty can be productive and help you to become the person that God needed you to become, created you to become. Galatians 6, 9, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. And number four, number four is the last one, 
communicate honestly. But most of all, my brothers and sisters, never take an oath by heaven or earth or anything else. Just say a simple yes or no so that you will not sin and be condemned. So this is not saying that if you have to go before a judge that you're not supposed to take the oath because that's different. This is be so honest. Be so, um, have so much integrity that when you say things, people just trust you. When you enter into an agreement, even if it's not in writing, know that you need to hold yourself accountable to that and follow through so that people trust you. Because if people don't trust you, then they're like, do you swear? Do you swear? And then some people will use God's name in vain or say, oh, I tell you the truth. Or, oh yeah, you've you got to believe me. This is, this, is, this is, you know, if you have to convince people that you're being honest, that's not a good thing. Or if you have a tendency to exaggerate and then people are always asking you, is that true? Is that fish really that big? I don't really know if I can believe it. Yeah, yeah, I swear. Don't, don't do that. But Jesus actually said our communication should be simple. I tell you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is the footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. Simply let your yes be yes, and your no, no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. So this was a thing in their culture, in their day, and it's a thing for us today too. Have so much integrity, be so honest, that people just believe you and trust you. Uh, try to keep a tight uh, rein on your lips and not give into exaggeration. Or maybe when you do exaggerate, maybe you can just say, you know what, I wasn't being totally honest. That fish was only that big. So anyway, it's about your integrity. So let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. What a great way to live. At the bottom of your outline is a quote from A.W. Tozer, who, was a, who is highly esteemed, actually, in all of his books. He was a pastor of a small church in Chicago, uh, in Illinois. I think it's Chicago. Uh, uh, Christian and Missionary Alliance Church. And that he wrote a lot of his stuff down. And now people love his books and his quotes. And he says, about waiting patiently for Jesus' return, he said, what then are we to do about our problems? We must learn to live with them until such a time as God delivers us from them. We must pray for grace to endure them without murmuring. Problems patiently endured, endured will work out for our spiritual perfecting. They harm us only when we resist them or endure them unwillingly. So there are so many uh, ways for us to not get along. I mean, when we talk about church buildings, there's been splits over church buildings because some people wanted the carpet one color, some people wanted the carpet another color. Um, There's just so many ways for people in the church to get mad at each other. Somebody says something or somebody feels like they're they're pushed that they're not part of the, the group. They feel like they are like talked about or I don't know. Uh, we want to make sure that that doesn't happen. We want to always pray for unity. We want to make sure that everybody uh, feels loved and encouraged. And we want to patiently wait for Jesus' return, but wait expectantly knowing that Jesus could return any time. So we should live our lives ready, but we should also live our lives knowing that while we wait, we should be accomplishing his purposes for our life. So Jesus, I just thank you so much for James and uh, the words that he gives us to inspire our life. I pray that you would give each person here a directive, a goal, a plan, resources, that they'd come up with a list of tasks to accomplish uh, and ways to grow and ways to serve and ways to further your kingdom. Uh, Lord, I pray that we would all live lives in a way that are reward-worthy that we would hear, well done, good and faithful servant, that when, if we die, that people would look on our life and be inspired 
and be drawn to you. Lord, I just pray you'd help us to get our priorities right and help us to <laughs> persevere. <clears throat> In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening. We invite you to visit River Rock Church 10 a.m. Sundays at 330 South Market Street in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. You can connect with us, find resources to help you grow in your faith, give online to support this ministry, and share your prayer requests with us at riverrockchurch.com. May God bless you. Share Jesus with others this week.